Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Still, still looking pretty good time for Tennessee basketball time. Not, uh, not a great Wednesday night time, but uh, you know it's basketball. Uh, not since uh, Indiana a long, long time ago has anybody won all of them. Time. It, it would be nice if, if not all losses for Tennessee had the exact same script time. We got to discuss that time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls. It's the right time for the Go Vols 24 7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a chilly, as it should be this time of year, late Thursday afternoon, February 2nd, 2023, I believe is the year now, right? I always do that thing where I say the previous year for like three or four months. I'm one of those. Really, really dumb people about that. I know I'm not the only one, but definitely one who who does that. Regardless, I believe it is two 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 three. Tennessee wishes that two one two three had gone better. The Vols go down to Gainesville, Florida, and kind uh, of I don't want to say take one on the chin, but uh, definitely deserve to lose the basketball game, sixty seven to fifty four, down there in Gainesville at the. Uh, it's still the O-Dome to me. I think now it's like Exec Tech Arena at Stephen C. O'Connell Center in the county of Alachua in the city of Gainesville, Florida, in the southeastern United States. It's got like the longest name ever now. But uh, regardless, not a good night for Tennessee. The Vols second rank likely going to go down this week. We'll see how much they go down depending on what happens this weekend against Auburn. Uh, and to talk about all of those things, the good, the bad, the the ugly, the grotesque, the disgusting, the repulsive, and um, and maybe some reasons to chill, too. We're going to go over to Ben McKee's house and get to Ben McKee. Ben, what's up, man? Not a whole lot. Just trying to ride the roller coaster of this Tennessee basketball team. Just trying to ride the roller coaster. They, they suck you in with a nice win over Texas over the weekend, and then they remind you why you're concerned about this team. When you look ahead to March, yeah, it, it's it's really weird to me, Ben. Because if I kind of went back through the memory bank, I could probably think of something that felt somewhat similar to this. But it's still a little bit unusual that that Tennessee doesn't really seem to have any like slightly below average offensive games. It, it seems like when these Vols go wrong offensively. They just completely self-destruct. And what's weird about that is if Tennessee's offense was consistently bad, I think we could we could say, hey, they're just they're just not a good offense, right? Like, you know, it's the same reason you would look at Zakai Ziegler and say, hey, he's not tall. Or you, you wouldn't look at Uros Pazic and say, hey, you know, obviously he's not fast. So th- it would be one thing if we could look at this and say, aha, they're just not good offensively. But they're pretty good offensively. They're a top 40 team offensively out of 350 teams in the country, uh, despite playing a really, really tough schedule every season. And maybe not quite as tough this season, but still an elite schedule. And, and you look at it and you say, I don't know why once every three weeks or so they have to do something like this. Because if you want to progress in this tournament, once it gets to the postseason, once it gets to that actual tournament, you can't do that. And they keep going back to that once every few weeks or so. And it's just, man, it's a, you talk about fatal flaws. It's a bad one to have. Part of it is basketball, right? And I know you know that. I I know you know that. Uh, But just for a a brief moment, I, I continue to be baffled by the reactions to a Tennessee basketball loss. And look, I'm not talking about the ones in the NCAA tournament. I totally, get those but 
it's really unfortunate and disappointing, quite frankly, to see how quickly fans can't wait to jump on the back of Rick Barnes and to jump on the back of this basketball program when they lose a basketball game. And it is not the majority, but there are far too many who can't wait, it seems like, for this program to lose a basketball game to jump on the backs of the players, of the coaches, who, quite frankly, although they should have more success in March to to show for the work that they put in, they've still brought a ton of of pride and joy to Tennessee fans and and a lot of reasons to be happy. And it's real disappointing to see how quickly folks want to, to jump on those people's back after a single loss that, yeah, it was frustrating, it was ugly, but it's not going to determine whether Tennessee's season is a success or failure. And to to even further the point, more people come out of the the woodworks, come out of the the forest after a bad loss than they do celebrate a big win over Texas. I mean, there is a stronger reaction to the loss than there was a positive reaction to the big win over Texas on Saturday. And I, and I realize that we live in a society where negativity sells and so on and, and so forth. I, I realize that. But it's just really disappointing uh, that that continues to happen when, for the most part, Rick Barnes has, has been in the conversation for – is in the conversation for, for Tennessee's best basketball coach in program history. And that's because the, the program does lack true success in, in March. So I, I just wanted to say that, that – the, that the reaction continues to be frustrating in that sense. But I also want to emphasize that that I understand where it's coming from. And to speak to what you were speaking about, Wes, it, it's part of basketball, right? Like you're going to have nights where the, the ball just does not go in. What was disappointing to me is how I felt they weren't locked in at the beginning of the game. The first 10 minutes of the game, the, the careless turnovers that veteran players – were committing to me is a sign that they were not locked in to the point that they needed to be and ready to play. And I asked Rick Barnes if he felt like the team was mentally locked in from the jump. He felt like they they were ready to play from a mental standpoint. So he did disagree with my assessment, and that's totally fine. He's he's around his basketball team 24-7. I was back in Knoxville watching the game on television for two hours. He said the preparation was was perfectly fine and all that fun stuff. But I did feel like they, they weren't locked in the way that they, they should have been. Missing shots down the stretch, that's one thing. That's basketball. If you read my work last week, you saw where Jay Billis, I asked Jay Billis uh, about the whole needing a defense or needing an offense to, to make a deep run in March. And he obviously said that you have to have both. But of the concern for this Tennessee basketball team is – are they going to make shots on a consistent basis? When is that stinker that you just talked about, Wes, when is that going to show up? Do I trust this offense to perform three, four straight games in a row in March to to make it to the NCAA tournament, make a deep run in the NCAA tournament to make it to the Final Four? Of course I don't. How, how could you uh, at this point? But my point is that it's part of basketball. And as Jay Billis said in the things that we covered of what he said last week, with game day being in town and whatnot, he said that's a huge issue for just about every team in the country. And every coach is concerned whether they are they are going to show up and, and shoot the basketball well from, from night to night. So part of what you brought up, Wes, uh, about the stinkers, that that's basketball. Like that that is going to happen. But not in the, the concerning 50s. part to, N- not that the often concerning in the part 50s. to me was was that a veteran team didn't show up locked in, ready to play. I agree with that. I, I, I'll say this. I think what you said first there, I want to put a pin in that a little bit because I want to talk about that a little bit in the second segment because regardless of of, of whether it's right that, that Tennessee fans, a lot of them anyway, seem to feel the way they do about this program right now, regardless of whether it's right or not, we cannot deny the fact that it exists, and that is the reality in which this situation is set right now. So we do need to discuss that in the second segment, and I want to do that. Before we do that, though, I do want to discuss about that game and the second point you just made there is that I think if it is basketball that you have these games, a couple of them a year, where it just feels like you can't do anything right, but when you have – an offense that's ranked like in the top 30, top 35, top 40 nationally, 
you shouldn't be having three or four games per year like in the 50s. That that shouldn't be happening. And I understand there's a 30-second shot clock in college basketball. I dr- Believe me, I understand the differences in the game, that that's going to happen. But it the regularity with which it happens with this team is problematic. And I, I think there's a line somewhere between like panicking and like not caring or ignoring maybe like a, a solid mid, mid-level range of concern. And I think that's maybe a decent place to be right now because you can't get to a Final Four, which again, if you when you pay your basketball coach Final Four money, you expect Final Four results. So if you want to get to a Final Four, you're going to have to win four games consecutively, at least three against teams that are at least pretty good, in order to get there. And it is, you want to trust this team to do that, but it's so hard to trust this team to do that because at some point it's like that, it's like that banana peel somewhere in the grass. You don't know where it is, but it's in there somewhere. You're going to slip on it. You're going to Mario Kart all over that bastard. You're going to go all over the place, right? That That's, it, it, it's a problem and it, and it shouldn't be there, but it is there. And, and I can, I think we have to talk about what it what it might be because if you can't identify a problem, ask any twelve step program on earth, right? You can't identify the program or, or, or the problem, you're not going to fix it, right? Things don't just usually magically fix themselves. You got to figure out what you're dealing with. And the problem with Tennessee right now has been I don't know exactly what what it is because people say that that some people make the argument and I don't believe it, but they'll say that. Barnes focuses too much on defense, and so the offense kind of gets ignored at times and doesn't get as much love and doesn't have as many answers. I don't buy that because most of the season, they're good. Most of the season, they're I, good. I watched, I, I watched two two-hour practices a week of this Tennessee basketball team. I can assure you that, yes, de- defense is certainly – what Rick wants to hang his hat on, right? Defense yeah. and rebounding. Everybody has their preferences, just like Tony Vitello going into this baseball season because he has a new lineup. And not even because he has a new lineup. This is his philosophy regardless of the situation. He he wants to have pitching and defense every single season. Those are non-negotiables. And then they'll piece the offense along the way. And sometimes you'll, you'll catch lightning in a bottle like you did last season's baseball lineup where – uh, they did not expect to hit that many home runs. No, they, they didn't. They did not. They, maybe once the season started, they, they realized what they had. They didn't expect the offense to show up like that. And, I mean, Rick follows the same philosophy to the, the basketball sense of that, defense and rebounding. He, he, he views that those are the two non-negotiables that you have to do in, in order to win a basketball game. Uh, and, again, back to what I was going to say initially, Wes, I sit there – two times a week watching two-hour practices, and they don't neglect the offensive end of the floor. They don't. I sit there and watch practice. They don't. I I sat there and watched them and listened to them game plan for Colin Castleton and game plan for his peers. Colin Castleton, he had his moments at the end of the game, but the defense wasn't the issue until the the last five or six minutes of the game last night. So even that philosophy – defense and rebounding which Tennessee was killing Florida on the offensive glass I've never seen such a disparity in offensive rebounds and you still lose by 13 that that, that was incredible to look at yes that was pretty incredible offensive rebounds were there the defense was there but and this is what concerns me about March is that we continue to hear these conversations about well you've got to be able to to win it on, on the defensive end on nights that they're not making shots, but this is three times this season. And, and I, I still think it's fair to say that that, I guess, four times this season. I, I'd say three because I don't, I don't really think the Arizona game kind of fits that mold. Colorado, Kentucky, and Florida, games in which the offense wasn't there and it was a fairly close game until about the final five to ten minutes, and, and that's when the defense let you down. I understand that thought process that even on nights where you're not making shots, the defense still has to be there. But what is concerning to me is that a veteran team is not listening and and not executing what they know. They still allow the 
misses on offense to affect their defense. And you would think at this point that a veteran team would understand that you have to keep the defense up. Yeah, there's so that to me leads to what is it about the 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 actual construction of this team that could be problematic, right? So I think other than the Colorado this game, we're not going to say effort and focus is really ever seriously an issue with this team. Um, not 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 on a consistent basis anyway. Like there's little moments here or there because they're kids, even big kids are kids. But for the most part, they've been pretty good there. So you got to look at what else might it be? What within the construction of this team looks problematic? I got a couple things I can think of that are possibilities here. Uh, one is that having, you know, they were worried they might not have any true point guards. Now they know they got one in Ziegler, who's one of the better ones in the country most of the time. So that that's okay. However, he also is the only pure point guard on the roster. And when he is struggling, the team is usually going to struggle. Look at Kentucky the beginning of that game, look at the beginning of the Mississippi State game, look at the beginning of the Florida game. When Ziegler is out there not playing well, and he's really not playing well, the team is not going to play well. That's going to be an issue at times, and that's just, that is what it is. Second thing is that I wonder with Vescovy's shoulder how much of an issue this actually is, because I know he is more consistently a better player than he is showing right now. And there were a couple times, even in that Texas game, where he turned down shots that early in his career he would have been benched for turning down. He would have been benched for turning them down. And and there are times when he's pressing, you're like, what are you doing? And then there's times where he doesn't look comfortable. I wonder, it is a shooting shoulder. We saw this with Josiah Jordan-James last season. It can be an issue. I don't know if that's an issue. And the third thing is, what this team, I think we can all agree, doesn't have in spades is someone to break you down consistently off the dribble and get to the rim. It, it, that that can be a point guard, that can be a wing, that can be a power, you know, a point forward, that can be whoever. That can be just someone or, or or like a Grant Williams, just like an automatic bucket, just someone that can clear out and get to the bucket or someone who can isolate in the post and even against a double team, go score. They don't have that in spades. What I do think they do have potentially as an answer here because they miss Kennedy Chandler in that that way in a big way. Julian Phillips is the guy who I think can do that. And he still is not being aggressive at all right now offensively. He's routinely playing 30 minutes and not putting up a lot of shots. And at some point, they're going to have to go to him and say, listen, I know we've been preaching defense, 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 defense with you all season long, but right now it's not cutting time. You need to put the ball on the deck and go score. We need you to go do that. Because there are times where Tennessee – that that inability to get to the rim consistently or that inability to consistently have a post player that you know is going to go for almost, you know, eight, 17, 18 a game. The problem there is that Tennessee's offense is really well designed and it doesn't normally need those kinds of guys. They are an unselfish team. They pass it around. Their assisted turnover ratio is incredible, one of the best in the country. Their movement will always get them good looks. Every time they don't turn the ball over, for the most part, they're getting a pretty good look. They had a bunch of them in the in the Florida game, just didn't make them. Just did, just didn't make them. Normally, though, that's not a big deal. They can do well enough to to overcome that. They can get good shots, make make some tweaks, do that. The problem was, you saw this against Kentucky. You saw this against Florida. There are times where no matter what you do in that situation, you're still not making shots when they're wide open. So even against Kentucky, you know they couldn't really make some layups. And so what do you need? It really helps to have a walking bucket there. And they just don't have one. And that, to me, because you have those problems, you have those tournament games where they're 58, 55, 58, 52, something just happened. And you just need a guy to say, screw it, I'm getting 20. We're getting out of here with a win. And maybe that guy's not on this team right now. And, and that is, as those to me are the three things I can think of that because we know consistent post play, they're not going to get it. We just know they're not going to get it. So throw that one out of the bucket. It's those other three things, and I wonder what can be done about those things. I I completely agree w- with everything that you just said. The only thing I would add on is your last point that you just made is where I was going. Like, yes, I, I do agree with you. They're not going to get consistent post play, but that is the issue. Like yes, at this point in the season, you can't count on it, but th- that that's the issue. That 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 is what gets them in trouble more often than not. Uh, it, it it hurts them from just simply scoring points, but then there's also 
been the games where they get out rebounded because the post players didn't show up ready to play. And and I I think Olivier Kumwa probably didn't play as as bad of a game last night as it may seem. No, he, he was had trying. A great little... He was trying. Yeah, I, I, I he didn't have any help. Um, I, I felt nine like nine boards. It. Yeah. Josiah Jordan James can't shoot two for 11 and Santiago Vescovi can't shoot two for 11. And I look, I, I'm obviously not a basketball coach. Uh, basketball was, I, I played basketball quite often growing up. I, I love basketball. I watch it as much as anything. Um, I, I'm we're, not going to sit here. And, we're baseball guys. We're baseball guys. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an X's and O's person. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to, to know the fundamentals of, of everything that that goes into basketball, every facet of the game. But to, to me, it, it seems like Santi has taken too too many shots off balance. That that's what it seems like to me. Every time he gets his feet set and he and he takes it in rhythm, he makes it Not eight out of ten times. But I think he's taking too many, and I realize that it's partly because of he's the number one guy on the scouting report, and he has a guy or two at some sometimes chasing him. And I realize that it's hard to get off clean looks. I, I do recognize that, but it does seem like maybe at times he, he's forcing it a, a little bit too much and he's, he's shooting them off balance and, and whatnot. But look, I mean, Santiago Vescovi, he, he's a terrific shooter, one of the best shooters in the entire sport. So I don't really want to harp on that too much. My main thing though, is that if he's he and healthy, Josiah, if he's healthy, I think he's. I think he's fine. I mean, he came good, off. I mean, good, he had the three good. early in the game. He came off uh, a curl and, and hit a nice mid range jumper. He he's getting to the basket and taking contact. I, I mean, I'm sure it's a, a thing that he has to manage, right? Uh, everybody's banged up this time of year, but I, I don't think it's. I don't think that's why he he shot poorly last night. I, I, a, I think it's just one of those nights. I mean, again, it's basketball. Those, those nights happen, but on, on top of the the post issue. You just can't have nights to where Josiah and uh, Zakai, he made six shots, but it took him 18 attempts. Um, but Josiah and Santi had poor shooting nights. Uh, you, your point about Julian Phillips was spot on. I think they need more from Tyreek Key. I, I, I don't understand how he goes from scoring 26 in an exhibition against Gonzaga. And I recognize that it was an exhibition, but I, I don't understand how he goes from that. To, to averaging 11 in a game and, and non-conference play to practically doing nothing. Uh, he he is such a, a good scorer, and Tennessee needs scores. I don't understand why, A, he's not being utilized more. And, and I realize, like, Tennessee has a guard-heavy team, and Zakai, Santi, Josiah, they're going to get the, the vast volume of the shots. But Tyreek Key should be taking 7 to 10 shots a night, in my opinion. They should be seeking him out. And I think I've voiced this opinion on the podcast, and I don't blame Rick Barnes for for trying to mold Tyreek into a primary ball handler to help Zakai, but I do feel like that has impacted Tyreek as a scorer. I, I feel like focusing on that aspect has diverted his focus from from doing what he does best, and that's scoring the basketball. Uh, you saw it last night when Zakai had to come out of the game because of some bad early turnovers. I mean, Tyreek Key just did not look like the same player. But when he's playing next to Zakai and next to Santi and next to, to Josiah and can feed off of those guys, I mean, he's a guy that can get to the bucket. He can back a, a guard down into the post on the elbow and, and turn around and hit a tough fadeaway. He, he has a pretty shot from the three-point line. They need more offense from him and, and Julian Phillips, as, as you mentioned. So uh, th- there are obviously issues with this team, Wes. And I think it ultimately goes back to the construction of the roster. I think the post players have been too inconsistent since Grant Williams left in terms of the evaluations there. And uh, Olivier Kumwa, I, I like Olivier. I'm not saying that I don't. But Rick has been saying since Olivier's freshman year that Olivier is just going to be absolutely tremendous. And I think he is a very good basketball player. I think he has a great skill set. But midway through his senior year, we're still trying to find some consistency from him. And and that's an issue. Uh, and other post players have, have not quite worked out to to the extent that they thought that they would. Tobey Awaka and Jonas Adu are not ready to to be the guys in in the post at the moment. So I, I think that is the biggest issue 
rather than a system or anything. And, and the last thing I, I want to really emphasize that this sounds like a doom and gloom podcast because of one bad loss. And, and look, it was bad. Oh, in the second it segment, ugly. it ain't going to be. I can tell you that. that and, and that's fair. But for for those, I'm 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 a glass half full person. I, I'm a very optimistic person. So for for those out there who are listening that are like like me, and it it, it just completely sounds doom and gloom. Obviously, losses are 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 events that highlight what can go wrong long term, and, and that's why the losses always feel so so bad when they uh, occur. And, and although we spent the last 20, 30 minutes talking about all the glaring issues on this team, there's not a team in the in the country right now that has a, a rock solid scouting report or you can look at them and say that team's going to the final four. There is not a team that that you can say that about not only in college basketball, there's not a team that there's very few teams in 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 history, in sports, that you've been able to say, that team has no weaknesses. You, you, you're going to tell me that Alabama fans weren't freaking out about the lack of help Brandon Miller gets when, when they lost by 30, 40 points to Oklahoma on, on Saturday? Like, teams have issues. So although it's been obviously negative because of the, the bad loss on Wednesday night in Gainesville, this team still does a lot of great things well. A good chunk of what went wrong in Gainesville is more about the game of basketball. And this Tennessee team, although (laughs) I don't know that I'd bet my mortgage on it, this team still has a a chance to obviously make a deep run in March because it does do a lot of things well. But obviously losses do highlight the the team's weaknesses, just like if if they lose next Saturday to – Missouri comes to town next Saturday night. Tennessee loses to Missouri. We'll be having a similar conversation because losses highlight what's wrong with the team. But at the end of the day, this is still a really good basketball team. And I think the majority of the issue against Florida was just kind of one of those nights in basketball rather than this team being super, super flawed because there's a lot of teams that have flaws throughout the country. I agree. And that's part of what I was going to talk about here in the second segment. So that's a good segue to do that. So let's step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to some products, services, in-house ads, et cetera. And then we'll come right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from Ben McKee's house here on a uh, on a late Thursday afternoon, a chilly late Thursday afternoon as it should be this time of year talking Tennessee basketball, which uh, typically is a pleasant conversation, not so much in this specific episode, um, but I think we need a reality check about some stuff, and, and we're going to get to that, I think, here in the second segment. A reality check doesn't mean like 
a guarantee of what's going to happen, but a reality check means just that, a reality check. Let's look at where things really, really are right now. So let's do that in just a second. Before we do that, though, just a quick uh, request from our end. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, let's say 60 seconds, 75 seconds, 90 seconds tops, go in there, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We sure would appreciate that. If you're just listening on the website there, GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of all things Tennessee athletics, that's fine. We love you. There's no wrong way to consume the GoVols 24-7 podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do it for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No complaints from this end. However, uh, since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Tell people you see around town. Tell people you see on internet.com. Tell people you see out walking the dog. Tell people you see at church. Tell people that you see out when you're eating with your family. You're waiting in line at the movie theater to get into the theater. Do it there. Wherever you are, wherever you see people wearing orange, Especially if you're not in the the state of Tennessee, you, you might have a really good friend there. That could be your that could be your best friend, your new best friend. Go talk to that person. Go tell them about the Go Balls twenty four seven podcast. If you're already doing those things, thank you. We love you. And if not, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, back to business. You talked there at the end of the first segment about something. I'm glad you you mentioned when you did because I wanted to talk about it here in this segment. Is the reality of the situation where it is right now compared to what expectations are. Now, again, I I don't think there are some fan bases out there that are so football heavy that there's some things about basketball. They just don't really grasp. I'm not putting Tennessee in that category. I think most Tennessee fans are maybe not like, you know, Kentucky, Indiana, Kansas, Duke type UNC, Kansas type fans where, Basketball is just gushing from the bloodstream all year long. I, I think they are good basketball fans, though, and I think their attendance numbers speak to that. I do still think that there are times where that football mentality gets into a basketball season, and they could not be more different. You lose a game in basketball, most people lose a game in basketball. That's going to happen. Uh, was it 76, whenever it was, Indiana went undefeated? It doesn't happen, right? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in this sport. Right now, what you're looking at is a team, a Tennessee basketball team, that was ranked number two in the country going into that game, was ranked number one nationally on Ken Palm and, and all those other places going into the game, still ranked just second nationally on Ken Palm after that loss last night. In a year bereft of like truly complete dominant basketball teams, I think Purdue is probably – one notch above most right now, one notch above the pack, but not not like a gargantuan leap. That that Purdue team is really good. It's not a team without flaws. It's not a team that just they have a freak. That that's why they are better than yeah, everybody else. They, they have a freak who's a self made player and he, he's come a million miles during the course of his career. Helps a lot, right? But Tennessee is very much in, on that short list of teams that very, 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 very much for sure could win a national championship. There are not that many teams that are sort of in that top group, right? You got like Purdue, maybe a little bit up there by itself. And then you got about, what, seven, eight, nine, ten teams right there behind it, maybe even more. Tennessee, without question, is in that group. And for the life of me, I struggle to understand how a team how a certain segments of a fan base could be watching a team that this part, this deep into the season is very much one of the best teams in the country and just have zero faith in anything. And, and I understand we know the postseason barn storyline. We know it. Although I still think there's a lot that should be said about that in terms of fairness. Uh, some of them were just absolutely duds. There's no question. Others bat wrong place, wrong time. Things happen. Not going to excuse the man's postseason resume. It should be better. I've said that a million times. I'll say it a million more times. But in a year where just about every team in the country, even the best teams in the country, have what look like really nasty Achilles heels sticking out, Tennessee's a very good team. 
Tennessee absolutely could be. And even if Tennessee, because Auburn historically is a team that gives them a hard time, so they could even trip up at home this weekend. I don't, I don't know if they will or not. That could happen, right? Bruce Pearl has had his way with Barnes a few times. It could happen again. Even if that happens, Tennessee's still going to be a really high seed in the tournament. Tennessee's still going to be right there. It's going to go into March. You should go into any game knowing, you know what? Tennessee can beat whoever that team is on. I don't know if it's going to happen, but Tennessee is not going to line up against any team in this country right now and feel like it has no chance. It's just not. And I, I, I think it's unfortunate that we're in the situation we're in now. And by that, I mean, we like me, you, me, other people who are kind of around this stuff and see this stuff and know that we're covering a pretty darn good basketball team. Um, and for whatever reason, the postseason history, some of the frustrating offensive nights, uh, people just aren't consistently buying in with this bunch. Maybe it's the success in other sports too. We talked about this before, but I just can't imagine that. Like, I think of everything in terms of like where like the Cubs or Arsenal would be. That that's that's my life, right? And for you, it'd be the Yankees and the the Grizz and the Steelers, and you know, we've all got our 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 guys, right? And you look at those teams. And anytime those teams are competing for a championship, I am so fired up about it. I, I, I just don't understand how people could be so defeatist about this. And I know that it's possibly a really loud minority, but when you look at some of the crowds in the arena this season until the Texas game, not what they usually are. Still really good, not the same. So we can talk all day long about whether it's right that this situation is here but we can't deny that this situation is here because we're seeing it. That's the reality that we're living in right now. So how does that get better? Does, does Barnes just have to get to a Final Four or this is still going to be there? Is that is that all it is? Because if that's, is. if that's all that it is, why are you spending three or four months just like you're just not paying attention? Like you're just waiting for them to trip up and get angry about it? Like what are people doing for these three or four months of the, the rest of the season? Well, I it is a, a very loud minority because the the people that I deem to have common sense that I speak with are very appreciative of this basketball program and of Rick Barnes and enjoy watching the games and, and look forward to the games twice a week. But they they also lack a, a sense of excitement because they, they've reached the point, uh, the, the basketball program that is, of – when your season will be determined by what you do in March. I mean, that that's where this program is, is at in, in my opinion. Uh, and we've spoken about this on the podcast before. I, I think there's a, a great area where it is perfectly fine to, to stand in. I, I'm not going to crucify Agreed. anybody for wanting more success in March. I, I'm not going to sit here and go on a, a Twitter rant for a week and, and tell you that, oh, Tennessee's been to one Elite Eight. Tennessee's never been to a Final Four. You better be happy with what you're getting. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't like, want like to yeah, do that either. I'm, I'm not saying that you are. But but some on social media recently have done that. Uh, and, and I'm not going to do that because the, this team has reached a point to where it has the resources, has the talent, has the coaching has has the the skill set to go make a final four to go make an elite eight and that should be the expectation i mean what what are we doing if people aren't expecting true success and, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago josh heupel will reach that point at some point tony vitello who has had a tremendous amount of success still has not won a college world series game in omaha he'll reach that point at some point if if he just kind of stands still it, it is okay to want more in the postseason. You should want more. I mean, I mean, this is this isn't <laughs> little league sports where we're handing out participation trophies, right? Sure. Uh, at a place like Tennessee, the the goal is to win championships, not not make it out of the first weekend, not make it to the SEC title game and come up short. And, and when I say that, I'm speaking to the the prior championship games against Kentucky and, and Auburn that that Tennessee did come up short end prior to getting over the hump last season. It is okay for people to want more. But on the other hand, I'm also going to sit here and tell you that, like you just said, Wes, people shouldn't take the regular season for granted. There are so many fond memories that that everybody has of Grant and Admiral 
from the regular season. And you're going to tell me because they didn't go to the Final Four or the Elite Eight one time over their career that none of what they accomplished throughout the regular season means anything? You're going to tell me that because Josiah Jordan-James and Santi, that this core, because they have not gone to a Final Four or an Elite Eight, and I know this core is a little bit different because they haven't even made it to a Sweet 16 yet, but uh, also this is year two of this core. Grand Admiral's core, they, they made it. Uh, in terms of once they were developed, it was year two of them being in the tournament by the time they made it through the Sweet 16 as well. So, I mean, technically this team is is on track with, with the other team as as well. But you're going to tell me that because this core hasn't made a, a deep run in the tournament, that winning the SEC tournament last year for the first time since 1979 doesn't mean anything, that beating Kentucky the way that they, they typically do under Barnes, that doesn't mean anything. And, and winning an SEC regular season championship, that doesn't mean anything. I, I disagree with those folks as well. It, it's not a black or white situation. There's a gray area where it is perfectly okay to stand in. You can appreciate the regular season while wanting more in the NCAA tournament at the same time. That is possible. And I, I feel like that's where a lot of people are standing. The overreaction to, to one loss, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, is disappointing. And, and those are a small minority in my opinion that that are the the extreme like just can't wait to knock down barns like that to me that is a, a small minority and and most people who who sit back and understand basketball and 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 whatnot understand that th- these are the ebbs and flows of a basketball season there, there are going to be nights in in which you can't score the ball or nights in, in which the ball just does not bounce your way uh, and I think a lot of people recognize that and are appreciative of what Rick Barnes and this program has done, but they also want more in March. And I think that's why there's been a, a, a lack of excitement, Wes, is because they're, they're sit- sitting around waiting to, to see what happens. It's not that they don't appreciate what's going on. It's not that they don't recognize that this team has the ability to make a deep run, but there's still some flaws that we've seen in the past cost Tennessee in the postseason, and there's a fear – of just completely jumping on board and getting hurt again. I think that's what it mainly stems from. Yeah, there's just like, there's something deeply annoying, very, very deeply annoying about that 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 number. And, and it's not like a tiny number. It's a minority. But even like when the score was like five to four on Wednesday night, they, these people just start leaving out of the woodwork. It's like, dude, three minutes have been played in this game. You know, the the biggest concern last night, in my opinion, should have been that when Tennessee was down by all those points or whatever, down by 15, whatever it was, a 15 nothing run or 17 nothing, whatever it was in the first half, Tennessee rallies all the way back, gets up by six points midway through the, through the second half. At that point, you expect them to just kind of kick on and, and go pull away and win by 11 or 12 points. Didn't do that, obviously. That, that to me, was the, the biggest hmm, kind of cringy moment from last night was that they weren't able to do that. Um, but but it, it, it's... There's just, there's very much, there's 351 teams in the country. One of them's going to win a national championship. The other 350 are not. They're just not. And when you have a team that is very much within the top five or 10, without question, best teams in the country, like, why would you already be excited when it's not even March, or, or like, just dismissive when it's not even March yet? Like, I don't, I don't understand. But regardless, it is an issue, right? Like we can talk about why it is or why it isn't or why it shouldn't be or but, but it is. And so I you just you wonder how how much longer something like that can be like how much longer it takes before that becomes like an actual problem. Before like you start seeing some crowds that make you go hmm and, and things like that before you start seeing some of those things. Because once those things start happening, you're it's tough to kind of get it back. It just is, and and I, I yeah, just it, and I just like the the way that people have not sort of, and maybe it's because football really really broke through and had a big season last season, and baseball was such a dominant. Although it didn't win a college world series game, but still was dominant throughout so much of last season, and and really got people excited about things. And and maybe people just reach a point where like they can't be living as as live wires for 12 months a year I, I, okay, okay fair enough but I, I don't think it's that I, I again I, I think it's the the whole kind of wait and see approach because 
they they have gotten their hopes up in the past, and it, it's it's not gone the way that people wanted it to. And I, I like I think it's okay for people to feel that way. Sure, it, it it's people's money. It's people that way doesn't mean that you're not excited. People can feel however like they want to feel. You know, people can spend their money on whatever they want to spend it on. That's that's their business, not mine, not yours, not anybody else's. I mean, that's that's totally fine. I think it's just that's why I'm trying to say it, it's not like I don't like I'm saying. I'm not, and I really do mean this, like I'm not judging how anyone feels about anything. What I am saying is that I don't understand it. Because if you have a team that could compete for a championship and is very much in the th- mix to compete for a championship, I think I'd be pretty excited about that. That's just me. That's just me. Everybody's different. That's, ju- that's think, just me, though. I, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. But I, I, again, that's where I think the gray area comes into play because I think you're right. But I also think that people are excited about this basketball team. Is Is it what it has been in the past? No, it's not. There's no doubt about that. I see the numbers on the things that I write, and I mean it is is not the same as what it has been in the past. But people are still excited, and and they recognize that Tennessee has a really good basketball team, uh, and and that they they can make a deep run in March. I mean that that just is what it is, uh, and they'll they'll see how it plays out. And I think that's kind of why it is that way. And and look, we'll we'll see. But I also feel like the the home game aspect of of things is being a a, a little bit blown out of proportion in, in the sense that the home schedule has not been fun this season. No, no, you're you're right, Ben. It, it hasn't been. I mean, it's it's not been. There there've been a couple of good ones, a couple of bangers recently, but it, but it's not been great. Of course, it should get a little better the next couple of weeks, and and we'll see. I, I know that to me, it's just it, it's it, it's an interesting conversation because it, it it's not about judging anyone it's not about you know this is the right way to be a fan and the wrong way to be a fan and the right way to think and the wrong way to think i, I i'm not uh, I, and i know you're not and i'm i want to clarify i'm not saying that either I, I just i don't necessarily understand it like like you were saying earlier i think there's a middle ground there to to reach and i hope that um i hope that a lot of people can can get to that point because you just hate to you know, you hate to be one of those people. Like I, I think about like 2016, the Cubs won in the World Series, and and that how much maybe less that would have meant if I hadn't been, you know, so taken up by that for so many years, right? Like you know, the the Bartman game, you know, the some of the just absolutely disastrous like 100 loss type years. You know, you just you want to enjoy the times that that you're relevant. You want to enjoy the times that you got a chance to compete for a championship. Um, because it means a lot when you get there. It just it just does. And will Tennessee win one? I don't know. Again, Ben, you know this. One one team does and 350 don't. But Tennessee's one of the ones who could. And history says that with Rick Barnes, that's not a great bet to make in the postseason. But you know what? The same could have been said and was said about Manning in big games. It was said about, you know, John Elway. It was said about, you know, last year Ole Miss baseball, Mike Bianco, and uh, how he would never. He used to be Ole Miss ain't here again or old miss you know at home again that's what omaha used to stand for until it didn't right i mean it, it it's we we see this all throughout sports right i mean you just you, you got to you got to wait and see and when you have a team who could compete it just seems to me like you know you might want to might want to pay attention to that i don't know but regardless ben i know that that you're backed up for time i know i'm backed up for time too today so uh, we'll be just a, a few minutes shorter than usual today but i think we got the the topic covered cuz again we'll be back Later in the week, Tennessee's got a Tennessee's obviously got a big one coming up against uh, against Auburn on Saturday. Um, that's a program that's had Tennessee's number a little bit at times, and that's a, a coach who's had Barnes' number a bit at times. So we'll see how it goes. Certainly, don't want to go zero and two in the same week. But again, even if that happens, that's not going to change the fact that if this Tennessee team is healthy going into the postseason, you know it's got a chance. So we'll see. I appreciate the time, Ben. Today. I know we're all. I know we've all been a. Uh, Super, super busy today for whatever reason. But uh, thanks thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you 
Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting Uh, but if you want that best most delicious east tennessee smoky mountain spring water directly from the source go get that at govals247.com the best site on all of al gore's internets for coverage of tennessee football football recruiting basketball basketball recruiting tennessee baseball nobody and i mean nobody covers tennessee baseball the way that we do also no one covers the lady vols that we do the award-winning maria cornelius does an excellent job covering all things lady vols for us all season long you can get all of that at govals247.com you've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day seven days a week and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us with thousands of tennessee fans across the world and with us who are on the staff uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got. And you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs. And that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.